Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Taking Back Tuesdays. I am your host, Melissa Mitchell, and I am here today with a very special guest. Live um, and in person. Live and in person. I have been on her podcast several times. We know each other pretty well. <laughs> it is my sister, Megan Elizabeth Mitchell Carranza. Wow. <laughs> I know. That's that's her whole name. It's just Megan Carranza now. Hey, thanks for having me. You're welcome. This is actually kind of interesting to be on the other side of the of the table, so to speak. You've been interviewed in podcasts. I know, but not by you, because I've always, anytime you've been on, that's been on my show, yeah. we, you've been the guest. Yeah. So now I get to guest on your show, but I have a feeling it's going to be about the same. It's probably <laughs> going to be about the same. It's just yes. going to be a conversation. So okay. if you don't know my sister, I would assume most people who listen probably do, or at least sort of. She's my what's young... That, what's that Anchorman quote? I'm kind know. of a big deal. I'm I'm kind of, I'm people know not. me. Yeah, people know me. I just think people know we're sisters. Okay, so yes. Megan is my younger sister by two and very a half important. years. Stress that. Yes, I am the oldest child, very much the oldest. Um, so we wanted to talk about a few things today. Um, we wanted to talk about advocacy and caretaking and how you deal and work through really difficult issues that arise in your life that are unexpected. Um, so why don't we first talk about, you want to talk about like caretaking? What do you want to talk about? Caretaking advocacy of me? Um, well, I mean, my, my journey Uh of, you know, caretaking and advocacy, really began with my son, which for any listeners who maybe don't know, my son Logan is nine and he was diagnosed with autism um, just a little over four years ago. Logan is non-speaking. Uh, he definitely needs like a lot of supports. He was actually just recently also diagnosed, doesn't have the official diagnosis, but we're really going hard towards it. Um, pandas, which is a whole other subject. Um, but Can I just before... give a tiny brief thing of what pandas is? Um, yes. Pandas is pediatric autoimmune neuropsychotic disorder. Disorder. But I feel like the S is for syndrome. <laughs> I don't know. even know. Whatever. Um, Google something... it. I don't... Yeah. Go... Honestly, Google it. Yeah. Um, but basically, it is when um uh, it's it's a pediatric autoimmune issue and when a child has strep like strep throat or some kids you can have strep bacteria like anywhere in your body logan did have strep throat in april um that strep bacteria lingers in the body even like after a typical round of antibiotics when like most you know kids or people would just be all better logan did get better and then just like a few weeks or a month later um, started exhibiting these really intense symptoms and was having these episodes of just extreme anxiety. And he was having like brand new behaviors, like anguish, anguish. Yes. Just like he was really like truly suffering. And I don't say that lightly. Um, but he, yeah, he was like self-harming. He was hitting himself, which he'd never done that before. He was starting to show some like OCD tendencies, which is pretty like classic with pandas. Um, from from everything, I'm really new to this whole pandas world, so we probably shouldn't even get like that much into it. But it does seem like there is a link with autism because there are a lot of kids that have autism that also have pandas. You don't have to have autism to have pandas, um, but I think because autism is a neurological disorder, um, we already have some you know neurodiversity in the brain going on. It maybe gives lens itself to other like autoimmune issues that affect the brain so that the the bacteria in the brain causes swelling and that swelling in the brain causes like a whole host of problems so currently logan is doing much much better just in the last like week or so not even a couple weeks The, the, the whole saga was about like three weeks from start to finish um so really just in the last like few days we've like really seen him turnaround and that is thanks to he's on a prophylactic dose of antibiotics now and he will likely be on that for at least a couple months um i can't give a short answer for anything so that's that's, that's the shortest answer I could give. yeah great 
Um, yeah. Thanks. You're welcome. But anyway, so yeah, I I had to learn how to be an advocate for Logan really early on, even before he got his diagnosis, when he was about, he was 18 months old when we had him um, evaluated for earlier intervention, mainly because he wasn't talking. And even just that right there, like when we talk about advocacy, like I remember taking Logan to really like his 12 month and his 15th appointment and saying to his doctor, like, I was just concerned about his speech. He doesn't seem like he's, he's really like want, like he's not, he's just not making words or like putting words. It it just, I just could tell, even though at that point he wasn't even really that behind. I just had that like mother's intuition kind of thing happening. And I was brushed off a couple times. And then when I took him to his 18 month checkup, he still was only maybe saying like a couple words at that point. And they were really inconsistent. Um, so I, I went in there knowing I was going to like basically demand for him to be evaluated. And that was like, when I look back, probably like the first time that I felt like I really needed to like advocate, advocate for my child and like step into more of just like a parenting role. And I really did have to kind of convince the doctor that that's what he needed. Cause of course she was like, Oh, he's a boy. Boys talk later. And he's so happy and he's smiling and he's looking at me and just, she, and of course, like I wanted to believe her. I wanted to believe everything she was saying, but I just knew in my gut, like we had to move forward with, with the evaluation. Mm -hmm. So I was like a blubbering mess, like just crying to her. So she agreed to, uh, like put in the appointment for him to get evaluated from early intervention really kind of reluctantly. Like she was like, I don't think he needs this, but if it's going to make you feel better, then okay, we'll, we'll do it. So he was evaluated. Um, and this was like, I said, like right when he was about 18 months old, we started uh speech and OT when he was 20 months old and he just barely qualified. He had a third, you had to have a 30% or more delay to qualify. And he had a 33% delay. So he was like really on the cusp at that point. But then as he got older, like he was just not progressing. He really like his, we would kind of pull words out of him, like during his speech sessions, he always did great with OT. Um, but we never, we wouldn't like hear those words consistently. So in that, but that whole process, like that was a year, a, a little over a year that we did of speech and OT. We ended up adding developmental therapy kind of at the end, just sort of to get as much as we could out of EI. Um, and yeah, that whole time, like I remember I was really emotional at that point. Like it was still really hard for me to like be an advocate because I was, this was my baby. I was so wrapped up in everything about him. And I, I, it was so hard for me to separate like Logan, my baby from Logan, the kid who like needed some extra help. Well, it wasn't even that. Like, it was like, I knew he needed the help obviously because Mm -hmm. I like, I I wanted him to get the help, but it was like when I would be talking to these professionals, I kind of like how we were actually saying that, how like you think of Dr. Razor as your boss, your boss. (laughs) Like back then that's how, like, I felt like I was like this little meek like I just didn't know what I was doing yeah and I felt like I was like at the mercy of these professionals these like you know mm-hmm. therapists and coordinators and whatnot and I just felt like such a fish out of water and was I was just so like when you have a baby especially with autism because it's not something that you like see right away like that first year with him was just like complete bliss and I was just so in love and happy with my perfect angel baby boy. Mm -hmm. And it was definitely like the ground, the, you know, the rug getting pulled out from under us, even just in those early days of him, like having at that point, they just said he had a global delay, meaning he had like delays in like many different areas. Um, even before the autism diagnosis, it was just like, it was just a lot. It was a lot to, um, process and, on my own just deal with those emotions but then also like I said have to learn to like be an advocate and like do what I needed to do to help my kid and figure out like what was best for him because the truth is like even though I was so green and like didn't know what I was doing in this space I as his mother knew so much more than these professionals did and I at the time like just didn't have the the I didn't flex those advocacy bones enough or muscles at that point. Like I was still gaining those muscles. Flex those bones. Fle- flex those bones. Okay. I, I had, to, it, but it really is like, it's like a muscle and you have to get into 
that kind of zone, so to speak. And, and it's so different now, but it's like, I do think back on those early days and, um, it was really tough. It was really hard to like, feel like I could kind of like have, which is so silly. Cause I feel so opposite now, but I remember at the time feeling like, yeah, like I didn't necessarily like have a voice at the table. Like we'd have all these meetings and I was always like, okay, well, what about this? Like, I think about this with Logan and I would be crying. Like every one of the meetings for years I would cry cause it was just emotional. And not that I never cry now cause I do, but, um, it's like so much less than it was. Cause I just feel like I, I just have stepped into that role and I'm a lot more confident. I think that's kind of like with my doctors, I'm like, Oh my God, how do you do this? Like, mm-hmm. like when they give us bad news or, you know, any news, it's just so unbelievably stressful. Yeah. And it's like, they just give deliver that news day in and day out. And like, I don't know. It's kooky. Yeah. I mean, I think they're kind of used to it, unfortunately. Yes, they definitely are. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely like a, a tough, a tough job for sure. But I mean, that's, that's what they sign up for. Yes. Um, what about caretaking? Okay. So caretaking, I feel most is yelling because I'm on my phone. Get off the phone. Um, okay. So I feel like caretaking, I didn't even realize that what I was doing was caretaking for a long time. I just felt like I was Logan's mom and I was, doing the things that I had to do to be his mom, which in many ways I am. Um, but because my son has special needs, I also have two other kids. Um, I, it's, it's, I said this to you, even I think just like last week, I'm like parenting special needs kids is a lot like parenting typical kids, but it's just like all this extra layers of like stuff you have to do. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's the same, but it's also like, and, and my son doesn't even have any, like, like now we're dealing with some medical stuff with the pandas. So I'm having to like, you know, dish out more medications and whatnot, but you know, like he's, he's not like in a wheelchair. He doesn't have a feeding tube. Like there are parents that do a hell of a lot more than I do. And mm-hmm. my hat goes off to you and my heart goes out to you. Cause that's really tough. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting when you are like in this like mother role that is also like a caretaking role. Cause we do have to be like just hyper vigilant with Logan with pretty much everything. Um, because he doesn't speak. So like, like when the whole pandas thing first started, we took him to the ER because we didn't know what was causing him this distress. We didn't know if he was in pain. We didn't know if something was going on. We did a whole, like every test we could, um, we were back and forth the pediatrician for like a few days and, it wasn't until like a week later that I kind of, I was the one who was like, I really think this is pandas. I don't know what else it could be at this point. Um, and th- this has been like another level of, of caretaking because I mean, thankfully we're doing so much better now. Um, but it really is like a 24 seven job. It's probably like you would never know what pandas is if he didn't already have autism. I remember the first time I actually heard about pandas was our mom had a friend she worked with whose son had pandas and he okay. does not have, you know what I'm talking about? Um, I believe so. Okay. Um, and he doesn't have autism. I, but I do know because I have the podcast and just like a wonderful online community. I do know several kids and, and I'm like friendly with, um, a couple of different moms whose kids have pandas and then Melissa actually connected me with one of her friends from high school has like a, a care. I was going to say a loved one, but sure. Mm-hmm. Um, has like a loved one with pandas. So I talked to his mom. Um, and this was like really early and I just kind of get some pointers. Uh, I talked to our, our mom's friend who, whose son had pandas. So I mean, yeah, like I probably knew a little more about it than like your typical mom would, mm-hmm. but I still didn't know much. And I mean, I still don't. Pandas is in so many ways reminds me of autism because there's just like more questions and there are answers and there isn't necessarily like a straight path to like, this is what you should do. Like there's all these different things that you can do mm-hmm. and just kind of figuring out like, well, what's going to work best for, for Logan it maybe isn't the same as what worked best for so-and-so it's just, we're, we're all so different and it's just really hard to know like what, what's like the right. And you're at like the beginning. We're at the very beginning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. But anyway, so all this to say, I had some advocacy and caretaking under my belt 
when everything happened with Melissa. And it was interesting then to be like stepping into this role with her because like, obviously I'm used to being her sister and when her younger sister, her younger sister. And when all this first like went down, I didn't really know like what, like, I feel like there was a time when I was like, maybe like too pushy as an advocate. And then there was a time when I was like, backed up too much from the very beginning we were like fully separated like I was completely separated from everyone and I didn't see anyone so you were trying to like advocate for me from I mean I would like home. call your your doctor Zoe and like I would want to like talk to your nurses and your nurses would like get annoyed with me but I was like wanted to know what was going on I couldn't come because we it was like the height of COVID and you weren't we like had, letting anyone in plus these guys had we COVID. had just gotten over covid and they wouldn't like when when melissa had her seizure and i had to drop her off at the er they wouldn't even let me in at that point when she was like fully unconscious um so no they weren't they weren't letting us come that first week when she was in the hospital and just did like the biopsy and then uh she was she went back to a friend's house for what like a week or so mm-hmm. um cuz we were I was fine at that point, but, like, our family, we kind of, like, staggered all of our COVID stuff, so it took a while for, like, everyone to be all better, and obviously at that point we really wanted to protect Alyssa. Um, so, yeah, I would, I was just, like, really, it was hard for me to not, like, physically be there, and I really wanted to know what was going on, especially because, like, when I had dropped Melissa off, like I said, she was unconscious. So it wasn't even like she could advocate for herself at that point because she didn't even know what the hell happened. I mean, did I? Um, And then, then like, then she, like, was having her surgery and she was just, like, in such a fragile emotional state. Like, I'm like, she is not, like, able, she's still not really good at taking in information. (laughs) That's why you're here. Right, exactly. But especially at that point, like, it was just, like, she was not taking in the stuff that Yeah, I was on a lot of drugs you were on a lot of drugs but you were also just like yeah so you can't wrap your head around what i was going through right it was just like a gut punch and it was just like we were still like we were just like reeling but i think because i had this like little bit of a background with with advocacy and caregiving i did just kind of like naturally kind of step into that role with you too Mm-hmm. And I'm not even saying I did it perfectly because I know I didn't, but it was like, it was very natural for me to do it mm-hmm. because I mean, that's just like, it's like who I am at this point, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, I would be like calling the nurse's station because I would be asking Melissa questions. And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. So I would, I would just like call the nurse's station and be like, who's the nurse that has my sister? Okay. Like, how is she doing? Like, I would just want to call and ch- like, I feel like I had a baby. My youngest was at the NICU and it really did kind of feel that way. I would like call and check up on the baby. And that's how I felt about Melissa. Cause she'd be like sleeping and I wouldn't hear from her for hours. And I'd be like, Oh God, what's going on? You know, it's like when you're not there, your head is like spinning. Or if the doctor did come in, I'd be like, just have me on speakerphone so I can listen to what the doctor says. So that was definitely, um, a really, it was a crazy time, and I feel like when it, when you talk about, like, fight or flight mode, like, I think I was in fight mode. Like, I was just, like, hung, like zeroed in. Mm-hmm. Like, I was emotional for sure, yeah. but I was just, like, zeroed in on, like, okay, what do we have to do? What's the next step? All right, we're going to do that. Then we're going to do – and I think, like, sometimes that bugged you because you would be, like, I don't, I don't want you to, like – Was this when I was still in the hospital? I'm just talking about, like, the early days of all of this. Like, I think sometimes you felt like I was minimizing things because I was kind of like, okay, we're going to do this, then we're going to do this, then we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. And you would be like, don't act like this isn't, like, a big deal. And I'm like, it's not that it is a big deal, but it's just, like, we have to do this stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was like, Melissa had a hard time just with, like all the paperwork and the phone calls and it's like I know how hard all that stuff is because I'm used to doing it um and I was so, just like immediately like super you know compromised physically right and wise right. yes so like there was a lot like I remember you were this was when you were still trying to get a job too so you were like oh, filling yeah. out that does not work very she, well she was like filling out job applications and then she and I, I had no said I had I was gotten like, a job no this was this was before you even got the job oh. you like had had filled out like this whole thing online uh-huh. and like did like had this whole thing and you were like I want you to to help me and like look over it. and I was like okay I will and then I don't know if I was like sleeping I think I was like sleeping in it was like a Saturday and Manny let me sleep in and you were like oh I finished it and I sent it 
And I was like, oh, okay. And then after you sent it, there was like all these mistakes. And then you were like so pissed at me because you had sent it without me looking at it. See, I, I now that you're saying that, I remember that. I would never remember that otherwise. I would just, like, there was just like, st- which the truth is, like, my spelling and grammar is worse than Melissa, even with, you know, a chunk of her brain taken out of it. Like, my spelling and grammar is uh, not good at all. So... But yeah, so yeah, yours, I mean, it really is like pretty damn close to perfect. Um, but this was like really soon after your surgery. So I think you were still like, God, that's really amazing like, to think I like could do a job that involved typing and driving. This was a long time ago. This, that job was around, based around driving. Um, yes, that would have been. Not going to work out. No, so, not gonna work you out. know, in the grand scheme, I don't think I realized what a beast like treating and being in treatment is like in the last two years there have been three months that I wasn't in treatment right so and it's like a lot of appointments a lot of therapy a lot of drugs well then talk about another crazy time as like an advocate and a caregiver um when Melissa when she was first finishing radiation which like that was over the summer like after she'd had her surgery and I would literally, I would, I would put her and Logan in the car in the morning. I would drop him off at his therapy center and then I would take her to radiation and she would do radiation. Then I would bring her back home and she would go to sleep. And then I would just circle back and go pick up Logan. And it was like, this was like our daily grind for six weeks. You were did radiation. Mm-hmm. Um, it was and every single month. It was every single day. Yeah. For six weeks. Um, and it was. And there was no. There were like everything was still super locked down super because of COVID. Down. So Megan yeah. would get there and she'd have to pee in the parking lot. I literally peed in the parking lot because garage, they wouldn't like, let anyone in times. to go to the bathroom. Yes. This I, was August of 2020, July was, and August. Yeah, so it, it was so awful. Oh we were God. really I in, peed like in a bag. I don't even. We know. were really in lockdown. <laughs> you still like to do that? It was. No, I really don't. Um. Yeah, it was desperate times. So I just felt like, I mean, like I had been on this whole journey with her, but especially with like radiation, like I would, I would take her, sometimes they would let me come in and I would be able to like sit in there. Mm-hmm. And I wanted so badly to like finish with her and take her to ring the bell. That was like this whole thing. We were like, you're going to ring the bell. That's like when you're done with your radiation. So like literally the day before or two days before Logan ended up getting this crazy infection in his foot and ended up getting admitted to the hospital. And I remember, like, calling you from the ER, being like, yeah, they're going to admit him. And, like, the next day was the day you were supposed to ring the bell. Mm-hmm. And Melissa and I were just, like, crying because we're, like, I knew I had to stay with him. And mm-hmm. he was going to be in the hospital for at least a couple days at that point. And I was just so sad that I didn't get to come with you to to ring the bell. But, like, that's, I mean, that yeah, that, that's the whole thing when you talk about, like, being an advocate and being a caregiver, like, there are some really tough moments that... Yeah. Which, I mean, looking back now, it's, like, you... A a close friend took you. Yeah. It was great. I mean, you still got to ring the bell. It was, Mm -hmm. like, a a really good thing. Um, But that was just, like, super emotional. There's just been a lot of, like, definitely, like, emotional kind of bumps along the way. Um, I don't even know where I was going with all this. Um, What about, like, once I was home after surgery after after radiation and just like being on all those meds doing chemo Mm -hmm. um I mean that wasn't like too bad I think at that point I feel like things were like I mean it was it was hard to like I think again when we talk like I really did feel like I had to go into like fight mode and be like the strong one I'm using air quotes because like I was worried about your mental state I was worried about our mom's mental state Mm -hmm. so like I remember like when we when Melissa started like losing her hair like it was really emotional yeah I didn't think I would care about losing my hair but you don't when you when you actually lose it and you wake up and it's like all over your pillow it's really devastating And and it came out like over several it wasn't like one day she was bald like it was like a slow process and yeah. I kept being like I think we but a slow gotta... process it was probably like two to three weeks long oh, yeah. it wasn't like months and no, months no but I remember I remember like sitting on the couch and you were like just next to me but like slightly in front of me right and I could see you had like a couple of bald spots and I was like should I tell her like I can mm-hmm. like fully see her scalp and I was like I don't want I don't want you to freak out but I was like you do have like some like pretty substantial like bald spots and I don't know if you cried that you mean you cried a few times about your hair um and like I like I fully wanted to break down with you but it was just like something inside of me was like no like you have to hold it together for her Mm 
Um, which I like, I mean, like I said, it's not like I hold it together every time, but there were definitely time. And then for our mom too, that was like super emotional. I wrote like we shaved your head like on my birthday because your hair was just like you had like the littlest wisps at that uh-huh. point we were holding on to. She held on to that hair as long as she could. And um, it was yeah, it was my birthday like at the end of August and we were having like our family come over. So she like had a hat on when our mom first got there and you were like, I don't want you to freak out. But like I did shave my head and she actually handled it well. Yeah. Like, I think she cried. She's handled was... a lot of stuff much better than I ever thought she could. She's been a lot stronger. She's been super strong. I mean, I think I get, I get a different side than you do sometimes. Of our mom? Yeah. Okay. Like, I think, so. I think sometimes how she's like, I need to be strong. Like how I'm saying, like, I need to be strong for you. I think sometimes mom feels like she needs to be strong for you. Yeah. So then her and I will have like our other conversation. And then it's like, sometimes she's strong for me, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. it's like, we, we all, thankfully, I don't think like any of us have ever just like fully lost it at the same time. So yeah. it's like we can kind of yeah, that's actually true. lean on each other for support. I think you and I bit. both kind of lost it in October. Yeah, we definitely lost it. Um, um but we came back. We, came we, back. we, 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 we rose. From I mean, the ashes. like everyone says it's a roller coaster and it really is. Yeah, it really is. And it really is. Cause sometimes you get like good news Right. And then you're like, oh my God, the relief is like nothing you could ever experience. No. And then when you get bad news, it's like, I can't do this. Like, I can't yeah. keep going. It was like when, and McKenzie, our friend had taken her to that appointment in October. I take her to like pretty much every appointment, but there was a couple that our, our friend had taken her to. And, um, I just like. And those are the appointments where we like get an MRI and get the information. Right. And this is when she was still with her old practice. Um, so they called me and I was, and it's really funny. Cause like, I always had like a really good feeling when she would go to those. Like I just never worried. And that day I was like really stressed about it. Like I remember I was like out running errands, like while the kids were at school and I was just like waiting for you guys to call. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was like getting so late and you weren't calling. And then Melissa finally called and she was like, yeah, like frantically crying at that point. And I like just like fully didn't want to believe it and felt like just the absolute like worst because I think again it's like I had been just like so strong and so positive up until that point and I genuinely did feel that way and then that just like hit me like a ton of bricks that was that was just like the biggest setback that I was not expecting um so that was really really hard but then yeah it's like just a couple months later then you had switched practices like now we're with Dr. Razor and then we went to that appointment like right before Christmas and it literally did feel like a Christmas miracle we were, like, euphoric. It was mm-hmm. just, like, yeah, it, it felt like... I mean, it's weird because it's... It ended up, like, it's not like we found new information, but he was just more... He's just more positive and more knowledgeable. I think he's... I think he's more more positive, and I also think that he... Yeah, I guess, it, I guess it's more knowledgeable. Like, my old doctor, like... I feel like she liked to give out the bad news. I mean, that's definitely the vibes. I mean, I didn't have the same exact feelings about her that you did, but I also am, like, not the patient. Um, I I mean, I definitely... I thought she was patronizing. I, I, I don't think she enjoyed giving the bad news, but I did think she was patronizing, for sure. Um, so... I don't even know where we're going with this. We're just talking about, like, December, we got some good news. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, it's not, it's... It I was mean, basically, like, we don't know what this is. We're just going to hang on for a while. Yeah, it was, and, like, we don't need to do anything right now. Right. Like, everything and then, is okay right now. And the next appointment, they're, like, eh, there is growth. We need to yes. go back in and do treatment. So, like, I, I ended a year of treatment in October, and then they're basically immediately, like, you need to go back into treatment. I mean, so, not immediately, but pretty close. Pretty well, close. anyway. So... Yeah, I mean, the, so, like, we have another appointment coming up on Friday. Um, so, yeah, what do you talk about being, like, a I have a like scan a, on Friday. I have an MRI. Yes. And then Megan always comes to my appointments with me after, so we talk to the doctor. Yeah. So that is very, very nerve-wracking. It's very nerve-wracking. And, again, it's, like, Melissa doesn't necessarily take in the information so well at the appointment. Yeah, so. I can just, like, kind of panic. If you want to talk about fight or flight, I go into, like, yeah, flight mode. I'm, like, totally. my mind just, like, leaves my body because yeah. I'm just, like... I don't get it. What? I don't understand. And like, I, yeah, she'll I ask me the pro- same question. Like, oh, like, did he say this? And I was like, he said 
this and this and yeah. then this. Like, she just kind of, like, it all gets, like, jumbled. And she'll also, like, hear, like, when he wanted to do some testing um, of her, like, spine and her spinal fluid. And, like, he basically was just, like, I just want to rule this out. Like, he's, like, I don't, we don't know exactly where this new growth is coming from, so we want to do this testing. And what I heard from that was, I want to rule this out. We walked out of the appointment and Melissa was like, so I have cancer in my spine now? Like, she immediately... I just, I think it's because I have brain cancer and it sucks so bad. And it's just yeah. like... Yeah. It's like, I mean, I and would I'm say like, it's the worst cancer. I don't that. think people like to hear that who have cancer. But, I mean, I, I would... Mean, I'd seriously you had that one almost. guest who had breast cancer and, like... St- that's been a real... Yeah, no, I know. It's I not... just... I have so many disabilities as a result of the cancer. Yes. So, yeah, it just sucks. I um, think cancer sucks. But, like, general. yeah, when you... When basically I get any information, it's really hard for me to, like, look at the positive because... It's, it's hard for her to look at the positive and it's hard for her to just, like, take it at face value. Like, she, like, definitely twists words, like, sometimes for the worst. Pretty um, analytical pretty and yeah melissa and i it's funny like we're really similar but we're like the same sense of humor so different we have the same sense of humor and we have like similar i think um values like i think we're both very like family oriented and Mm -hmm. like we just are like very like loving people Mm -hmm. like warm kind-hearted people but like i am super glasses half full and just like always looking for the positive and like always trying to like be pot and, and, and not even trying it's it really is just like how I am um and Melissa is not <laughs> I try I have actually I think I'm you probably have gotten I'm a shockingly better. better yeah even with like my horrible news because it's kind of like you you don't have a choice there's nothing I can do right besides what my doctors tell me to do you know, that's why right. I say, please pray for me. Like, even if you don't pray and you don't believe in God or just give me some vibes. So good vibes because Positive there is nothing else I can do. Right. It is not in my hands. It's not even in no. my doctor's hands. It's not. That's so true. So yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. I just have to be as positive as possible because I'm still here. Right. Still. Still kicking. Kicking Heine. Exactly. And well, and if you want to talk about something else that was like a huge, like, just defining thing um, in this whole journey was when Brian died. Yeah. Um, that was a very eye-opening experience. My my best friend's husband, um, he passed away last April. April. So a year April. ago in April. Yes. So we just had like a memorial benefit concert for him a few weeks ago. Uh, he died very suddenly. He was like super healthy. He was running his sixth marathon and literally his heart stopped just like 50 yards in the finish line. Um, and Amy's been my best friend since high school and her and Brian have dated since college. So I've known him like the whole time they were together. And he was just like such a special person to me and to so many people. Like when you talk about just, I feel like you can't even really put him in a category with anybody else. Cause when you say like, Oh, this is, this person's a good human. Like Brian was probably better. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever you're thinking of. Um, but Brian it, it was, Kevin. It was really, I feel like at that point, like, you were definitely, like, in a low, Mm -hmm. just, like, mentally, and then it was, like, like, Brian died like that. Like, it was, like, we, like, whiplash, like, you couldn't, and there, and there was, and I just remember, like, with him, it was, like, it just felt so final. Like, it was, like, there was, there's no coming back from that. Yeah. Like, that's it. Yeah. And I just felt, like oh my God, like Melissa is still in this. Yeah. Like she still has so much to fight for. Mm-hmm. And I hate that it like, that like Brian's death, like, you know, that's like, I mean, yeah. I've, I've taken so much from it. That's just like one little piece of it. Yeah. But it was like, it, it, it made me, it just like strengthened that fire in me to want to just like be positive and like just hope for the absolute best with everything with you because you still had a shot. Half have yeah <laughs> you still have a shot I had a shot but that was just like a huge eye-opening on... experience and, and and even just like like being there like for Amy as like a friend mm-hmm. with someone who was dealing with like such just like tremendous earth shattering grief like I feel like I've I've had to like kind of be like in these like different roles in my life and that was like a brand new role and again I don't think I did it perfectly I did the best I could I'm still I still try to do the best I can for her um but that was just like that that like was a a very like 
traumatic and like defining kind of a time. Mm-hmm. And I think I'll I'll always kind of think of it that way. Here you. Cheers to Brian. Always. Yeah. Not that we have a drink. We have one. We have one, one water bottle. One water bottle that we are sharing. And Brian was very healthy. He would appreciate us drinking yes, this he water. Would. He really would. Uh-huh. I, again, I went on a tangent. Uh, good job. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have anything else to talk about? Um, I, I mean, I feel like we covered quite a bit about yeah. like caregiving advocacy. I mean, I think anybody like I don't know people listening. Like, I'm serious talking to my audience, who's, like, mostly, like, people in the autism community. So I feel like this is maybe different because I don't know if people listening are the patient, like you, mm-hmm. or if people, there's also caregivers, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I think the, what I always say to my audience, like, when you are stepping into that role and trying to advocate for your child or, you know, a loved one or yourself, like, it can feel really uncomfortable Uh and like you are like you're really stepping outside of your comfort zone to like speak up and and say things but again like I was saying before like it really is a muscle and like the more you flex it the stronger it gets and the better it gets and it's there's a fine line because I think you can like like I was saying, like, maybe I was, like, kind of an over-advocate for a while. Because I remember, like, one of your nurses being, like, Melissa's a grown adult, and she can, like, deal with this that. for herself. And I was, like, oh, okay. Like, I, I get it. Like was I was at Paleologos' practice. No, it was when you were, like, in the hospital. Oh, it was a long time ago. I mean, I was trying to, like, strong-arm my way in there. I was, you know... I get a little. I was not a grown adult. I was seriously like a vegetable. That's how I felt. Like I well, was I you're a drugged up. But I was belief. like, I was like, this, this, this is not like you don't even know. Um, you don't even know, sister. You don't even know, sir. It was a dude. Oh. Um. So, and, and like, I, and maybe I was overstepping. Maybe I wasn't. Who knows? But yeah, it's just it's it definitely it can feel uncomfortable. But you just like you have to do it. I do feel like I had to advocate for myself when I, like, switched practices because I really, like, if I could do everything over, I would have never, like, gone to the practice that I did. Like, I I didn't really have a choice. Like, we went to the ER by Megan's house, and in the middle of the night, they took me in an ambulance to a hospital, like, a higher-level neuro and I kind of just stayed at that hospital because I didn't know what the hell I was doing well again your your old doctor you did not vibe with her but she wasn't like a hack like she's a very renowned doctor yeah but like now that I have a better doctor we can see the difference I I absolutely can I was just gonna say I absolutely do see the difference but I also think we're kind of comparing apples and oranges I mean we're comparing like a good doctor to (laughs) a bad doctor but I'm sure there's plenty of people that would say doctor other face is a good doctor they're drunk I, I mean they're I don't drugs. know I don't know um yeah I mean at the time I felt like I, I just felt like we didn't feel like we I mean it wasn't even a contemplation that we'll stay there because we're just trying to get through it you, I was gonna say you did talk about getting a second opinion at one point but I with with your other doctor what I what I appreciated was I'm like if this doctor was, like, under-treating you in any way, I would say, yeah, let's get a second opinion. But she, it didn't seem like she was. It seemed like she was doing, like, a fairly aggressive treatment with you because, like, your tumor was, like, you know, two edging toward three. And she's like, we're just going to treat it like it's a three. We're going to do the same, like, chemo and radiation that we would do if it was a three. So, to me, like, that felt good. Again, yeah, I, I, mean, I didn't know, like, crap about I crap. I think my so. treatment would have been the same either way. It just would have been a different experience. It would have been a different, I mean, like a much more like high level of hospitality and it's just a way better hospital. Yeah, I mean, it's way better. I, like I, if you have a big major problem, do not go to the suburbs, go to the city. Those, I mean, yeah, like the, we have it. Those are the Avengers. We have it like pretty close by, so it's not like it's like that yeah um but yeah I mean so nowadays like I yeah like I take Melissa to her like her big appointments um but I don't really have to like other than that like you make your other like there was a time when I was like oh yeah she did all my OT PT everything now I'm much more independent yes she's able to like do which like that that's sometimes it's hard for me because it's like I do have like, you know, Logan, and then I have two other kids, and, you know, like, 
of family and everything. So it's like, I have to, I have to like set boundaries sometimes. And, you know, like there, there are things that I'm happy to help Melissa with. And like, I want to help her with, but there are times that I'm like, okay, like you can do this for yourself. Like what? <laughs> well, it was like, I want you to, to do more public transportation. Like, I do it. You're doing better now. Dippity. You're doing better now. But when you, at first, like you didn't want to, like you were just like taking Ubers or you would be like, I need someone to drive me. Yeah. It's really hard transition. I'm sure it is really hard. I'm sure. I'm not saying it isn't. I like, and and this is something too that we sometimes butt heads about because like, I like have a little bit of knowledge in terms of just like therapies and whatnot like I will tell like I would be like okay well you need to like work especially when you lived here I I would kind of be like okay well you need to like work on this stuff like your therapist gave you like this homework and like she would never do it and I would get like really (laughs) I would get really annoyed with her which like again it's easy for me homework when they're like bleeding out of their skull yeah she was just and I and I would be like well I'm like look at Logan like look at how hard he works and how and he's just like happy to do it and he just like does what he's supposed to do and I just am like, he should be like an inspiration to you. And you did not appreciate Yeah, that. I don't, like the comparison <laughs> game is probably one of the things, I feel like everyone has learned from me. Like most of my friends are like, I've learned from you to never be like, oh yeah, when I was in the hospital and I had ankle surgery, I mean, I have taught people like, shut your yapper. Unless you have had brain cancer, specifically, I, specifically brain cancer, yes. I do not want to hear it. You have yeah. no idea and what you're I, talking about. I didn't mean it like comparison of you and Logan. Like, you well, guys everyone are the always same. is like, I'm, I'm not making a comparison. I'm like, bull, bull baloney, you aren't. Like, it's not, maybe it's not a comparison, but like, I don't need to hear it in the same breath when you're talking about my stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really say it much anymore because I know it's not something that you appreciate. Um, and you're just, no, that's, you get it, right? I, yeah, I know. Well, no, I, I still think that. I mean, not not that I think that you and Logan are the same, but I I still think that Logan should inspire you because he inspires me. <laughs> I mean, I just I think him. he's like an inspirational like human. I just think that he's like, I mean, yeah, he's my son. I'm so a big like, fan. I feel I feel big fan about him. him. I just I think that he's like, like Scott's gift. I really do. To... I think that he is like touched by an angel, or he is an angel. I'm not really sure. Um, he's just really, really special. <laughs> You're touched by something. We're I am not... touched by Roma Downey. We are not. Can you <laughs> touched reference? by an angel? Um, yeah. All right. Okay. Should I feel we wrap like... this? Well, let me ask you some fun questions. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's do that. Fun okay. stuff. Okay. Um, okay. If you could go on any... Okay, I know you're going to... Like, I was going to say, if you go on any vacation... With you and friends, or you and Manny, but I, mm-hmm. I was gonna say like first, would you what vacation would you take the kids? I mean, Disney you know, I would say World. Disney World. If it was like someone's like, I'm gonna pay for you to go on vacation, like anywhere you want, I would totally say Disney World with the kids. At some point, we'll go. It is just like so expensive, and we did go. They're turds. They're turds. That's what I was saying. We went to to Dollywood last summer in Tennessee. We were in Tennessee, and it's not nearly as expensive as Disney World, but it was still pretty pretty penny and chunk mm-hmm. of change and we had a disability pass so like we didn't wait in any rides and my my daughters were still just like i'm hot i'm thirsty i'm hungry we have to wait like these were like five minute lines and we're just like you kids are monsters absolute monsters we always talk about how like kids these days are like oh my god where's my water and i'm like i didn't drink a tablespoon of water until i was like 30 <laughs> years old these we kids are so soda. dating their waters. It's so they're annoying. Just, yeah, they're just like the girls are. Logan is good. He could do whatever. He's Logan like I always say, he's the water. easy one. He drinks a ton of water, he but he ton. is in so many ways. He is my easiest child. So I'm just like at this point, we're not we're not going to spend the money until we know that these kids can just like quit their yapping. <laughs> okay, what about and man up, um, adult. Trip. Um, I would like to go to Greece. Oh, to like the Greek islands. Yes, uh-huh. uh-huh. where uh-huh. I don't even know what part it is with like the white and the Mykonos blue. and Mykonos. Santorini. Okay. Yeah, I would love to go to that. Just looks so beautiful, and I would want to eat all the food. I would say Italy too, because I want to eat all the food. I, I don't care. I could go like up the street on vacation. I want to eat all the food. Oh. Um, Rockford. But, <laughs> I would find <laughs> something. Um, but especially Greece, it just looks like so insanely beautiful. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> um, 
what are some things that you like to do to unwind? Like, what are your ultimate, like, unwind, relaxing things? Um, okay, I love to cook, although it's not always, like, unwinding, because I have, like, you know, these three crazy kids, like, up my butt the whole time. That's true. But if I just am, like, able to, like, leisurely cook, I absolutely love that. That's, like, listen to definitely. Your podcast. Listen to my podcast. Just, like, t- I love to chop. I love to take my time. Again, I love to eat, so it's, like, you get a good oh. reward at the end. Um, but as far as like relaxing, I love to take a bath with Epsom salts and Uh I have my uh bath tray and I watch Bravo from my phone Uh and it is really special. Um, I also like if I don't like most weekdays, I pretty much stay home with the kids. I mean, I, I work like part time, but like when I have like a morning free, I love just like drinking my coffee at a leisurely pace and like really taking my time like that morning time is like really sacred to me and to like just chill watching bravo again watching bravo yeah that's this an important part of accompanying yeah like i don't watch my shows when they come out that night well sometimes i watch in the bathtub that night but usually it's the next day i watch it on bravo in the morning um those are like two really i, I do love podcasts so like anytime like I love when I can like be in the car but I'm like this morning like I had a long drive and I'm like drinking my coffee in the car by myself listening to a podcast like that's a vacation Stop to rubbing me. in driving sorry I mean whether I'm I just anything by myself drinking coffee that's mm-hmm. coffee is a big part of my relaxation my support deeply my life I love coffee I'm yeah. on the verge of not being able to have it because of chemo but well, you didn't have it last week but it seems like you're doing better this week I'm doing okay yeah, yeah. I had two cups today um I think that's it is there any other relaxing stuff I like to do I don't know um no shop oh. buy yourself stuff love Amazon. retail therapy love Amazon okay well store. you're a makeup artist everything yes if uh-huh. you weren't a makeup artist I mean, you've truly been doing this since you were, like, 18. I mean, I whenever people ask me, like, how long have you been a makeup artist, I'm, like, since birth. Like, yeah. I came out of the womb, like, You went to aesthetic stick. school, so you can... I've been a perfect... Like, professionally, I think I've been licensed for, like, I don't know, 14 years now. Um, but even before that, like, I was do Like, I would, in high school, I would go to, like, all my friends' houses and, like, do their hair and makeup for, like, prom and homecoming and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so I've, I've been a makeup artist professionally for like 14 years but um I mean my whole life really what were you gonna say though I was gonna say like if you had a job whether it's full or part-time like you had to work or not even had to work like just wanted to work yeah like what uh-huh. would you what would be your ideal job like what is one thing that you see people do and you're like God, I really like I now wish I would have been a nurse um I especially after I had Logan I I would have wanted to like be like a baby nurse mm-hmm. like a nurse like in like the like postpartum I think you also said remember lactation consultant yes I actually honestly that maybe that would be it you were like when the consultant. kids are in school I'm gonna do it it's like so much so much school yeah I mean if you love doing makeup luckily. yeah I was just gonna say honestly like I really do love doing makeup and I actually did just get a new job so I'll be doing more more makeup um no, I genuinely really enjoy it, so I'm happy to, like, do what I'm doing. Um, but, yeah, I I had a really hard time breastfeeding Logan, and then I was, like, determined to make it work with um, my second daughter, Liliana, and then with my, my third, and I was able to have, like, a really good breastfeeding relationship with both of them. And I just felt like, because it was so hard with Logan, and I was so emotional, like, talk about an emotional journey that was, like, that was just a lot. Um it, it definitely like holds kind of a special place in my heart because I feel like breastfeeding mothers just like need support, which maybe sounds stupid because I feel like people are always like, I feel like people support breastfeeding moms and like we, we need like support for formula. I don't care. Like you yeah. do you, but like if you want to breastfeed like I did with Logan and then couldn't or had a hard time, it was just like, it was devastating. It really was. It was like, I felt like I was like letting my baby down and it was just yeah, such an emotional struggle for me. Um, so I would love to, in another universe, be a lactation consultant and help help breastfeeding moms. Yeah, I think, like, I, I don't know. I didn't really think about being wanting to be a nurse until I had all my medical stuff. And it's like, you are so reliant on your nurses when you're in the hospital, especially when you're, like, isolated or in the ICU and... I mean, I mean, almost overwhelmingly, like, all my nurses were amazing. Um, 
But yeah, we I was like, I wish I would have done this. When when my youngest was in the NICU, we had some really amazing nurses. And like, they'll always hold like a special place in my heart. But like, I know for a fact I could not do that job. Um, like I said, like a baby nurse, like taking care of like the healthy babies <laughs> and their moms. Like I maybe could do that. But like I, there is absolutely no way I could, I, I could, I barely got through that alive. I feel like I'm just a hard ass now because of everything I've been through. I mean, I, I think I'm a hard ass too. That's kind of, of ways, why I think but... about like the doctors. Cause I'm like, they're hard asses. They need to tell yeah. people they have brain cancer. They need to tell you, this is the life expectancy right. of your diagnosis. I can deal with like what's in front of me, but no, I would, I just would not like, it's just not for me. It's just, not for you. I, I really appreciate people that do it. And I think they are nurses are angels and we are very grateful for them. Um, but that, like I said, like maybe like a fun nurse. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap this up. Um, Megan is a makeup artist and hairstylist in the Chicagoland area. Sure so am. if you want I'm kind of like booked right now. <laughs> she's a little booked. I'm a little busy, but sure, reach out. You know, reach, reach out. out. If Her, you're if you're looking on Instagram, she is it Megan. I don't like to give that out. Fine, sorry. What, okay. do, you, what do you want to do? Your email? Something well, dippity. Nothing? 630. Oh my god. I'm just kidding. Up. I know. People okay. really give a shit. Okay. <laughs> I don't listen. I'm just not looking. Listen, got some to, stalkers? No, if you want if you want to follow, um, especially with like autism, you can follow me on Instagram at Adventures and Autism Pod. I like I, I always mess this up. Um, or yeah, you, you can email me adventures and autism 2018 at yahoo.com. You can listen to the podcast anywhere you get your podcast. If you are a listener, Melissa's, you should check back in the archives. Oh yeah. I've been on listen. lots of episodes. I've been on like a kind of a hiatus lately. I, yeah. I was going to do an episode this week, but now I'm recording this with Melissa and I feel like that's enough talking for now. So I am going to do an episode probably then next week. Um, to really talk about like our pandas journey because I've, I've, done some updates like on instagram but i haven't really like gotten into the nitty-gritty and there's a lot mm-hmm. but yeah come um, find me come find her come find me on instagram it's taking back tuesday's pod uh facebook is the same what the heck is my taking back tuesday's pod at gmail podcast i don't know <laughs> listen well, i'm also you... the zill on instagram do you have it linked like from your page because, like, if you go to Adventures in Autism and then click the email button, it just takes you right to my email. So you can just do that, that, too. I don't know if I did that. Whatever. You'll find me. You're already listening to this. You're, you found us somehow. Um, please write me reviews on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, write me reviews, too. Megan, too. <laughs> Reach out if you want to be on my podcast. A lot yeah. of people said they wanted to. And yeah, they kind of fell off the face of the earth. Okay. I get it. I got, you know, a lot going it on, happens. too. Um, so thank you so much to listening for listening. Megan, thank you for being my special guest today. Thanks for having me. And we will see you next Tuesday. Sure will. All right. Bye. Bye.